Hi, welcome to the LS Fables podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Sterling. And we're going to answer one of your questions about writing our books or the indie author process. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at LS Fables or here on Spotify. If you want more writing tips and tricks or information on our latest releases, join our newsletter at lsfables.com. Today, we are doing something a little different. We're getting the chance to talk to another indie author. Yeah. So we would like to introduce you guys to Juliet Dunn, who is the author of Gateway and Cesserance, which are the first two books of the Mygax cycle. So Juliet, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your books? Um, hello, I am Juliet Dunn. Um, I am a writer in Oregon of the science fiction and fantasy and queer books. So far, yes, my published series is The Mygax Cycle, and I am currently working on the third book. Um, it is a dystopian science fiction fantasy series. It kind of um, blends the two. Um, it is a um, young adult series. Um, it's set in a futuristic world called Mygax and um, is about these um, two people living there and um um, named Summer and Leaf Song, and um, it starts out with them attending a boarding school, and it um, basically goes on and um, is about um, a lot of like class struggles in in that society. Wow, Raul, that's really great. Yes. So, when did you start writing? I started writing really young. Um, I, I started writing fan fiction when I was like ten or eleven. So, and I just. I, I was always like this reader who always read, 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 and then my parents joke because they're like, oh, well, now she's just going to write, 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 because I just wrote for hours on end ever since I was 10 or 11, and I haven't really stopped since then. Great. That's and awesome. That's really cool. Do you mind my asking um, what your age range is now? Of how old I am? Mm-hmm. Oh, I am 18. Yeah, so you're a pretty young author to have two books out already. Yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah, I am. I guess I am fairly young, but um, I felt ready to start publishing. Yeah. And so when did your first one come out? Was it like before you were 18? Yes, my my first book gateway came out in 2019. So I was um, younger than 18 at the time. Yeah, I'm really impressed by that. Something that struck me while reading your books was the clarity the maturity of the the world itself I think you've done a really just excellent job of envisioning this late capitalist planet it's dark in some ways I I just thought that it was a really beautiful rendition of a possible future world scary but also intriguing and with cool characters that really shine through. So I'm impressed. Yeah, that's amazing. So where can we find your book if um, listeners are wanting to get into this series, Juliet? Um, my, the paperbacks, am, and um, it's available on most ebook stores, but if you want the paperback or um, Kindle Unlimited, um, it's um, mainly centered on Amazon. You can just look up my author name, Juliet Dunn, or you can look up the MyGag cycle and it should come up. Um, they're, they're all available to buy there. Okay, great. Awesome. 
Well then, with that little um, introduction, let's kind of get further into this, deeper in. So one of the questions that we had for you was what inspired you to become a writer and then an author? And for me, there really is a difference. Lots of people write and enjoy it and create, but don't necessarily go all the way to then publishing. So what inspired you to write it all and then go that one step further and publish? Okay, so for you, author is like the, when you're officially published. Yes. Um, well, I writing is just, I don't know, it always just felt really natural for me. When I was a kid, I always had this like really intense imagination and I'd, you know, make up all these stories and things in my head and tell them. And I was such a reader that I was just like, hey, I'm going to write down my stories. So that that's how I started. It started out, um, again, as I said, as fan fiction, because I was really into the books I read. And then I started just creating my own stories. And that was a big deal for me. And um, I didn't, obviously didn't publish for years. But um, I, I'd always had it in mind because I, I could tell writing and reading have always been this extreme passion of mine. So it's, it was always in my mind that like maybe one day I could become a published writer. Um, I just, you know, had to improve my skills. And I really didn't know much about that until um, the end of high school. And then I started like looking into actually publishing and I was like, oh, you can be like, a self-published writer and I had already um I've been posting on this site called Wattpad and um getting a lot of feedback on my writing and a lot of people liked it and it had helped me improve because people are giving feedback and so then I decided you know what maybe I should like take the plunge and actually see what happens if I self-publish you know what could what could be the harm in that and then I did and it it worked out great I think that's a really great attitude what's the harm I think sometimes people feel really like the harm would be not getting enough readers or somebody not liking your story. For me, that's personally, I don't worry about that very much. What about you, Liv? I, I don't think I do either. And in a way, we kind of approached it in a similar manner. We started writing together because we just wanted to write together. And then after we had a book or two, we're like, hey, we should, wait. what do you think about publishing this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm a fan of that. So, Juliet, when you were considering self-publishing, did you only look at Amazon and Kindle? Did you look at other venues? Did you ever consider the more traditional route? I, I looked at many different venues. Um, that's why I ended up um, I ended up using this thing called Draft to Digital, which um, kind of sets it up on most ebook venues. I did mm -hmm. consider to consider traditional publishing at first I thought that was like that's the way you go I didn't really understand that self-publishing could be a real thing but um I I did a lot of research into it and I just found when it comes to traditional publishing especially if you want to like publish a series it can get pretty complicated first of all you know they have to choose your book and then it has to sell well and if it doesn't sell well they'll take it out of print and then you won't be able to finish and um, just the control. I just, you know, I, I am somebody who really likes having control over my own schedule and things that I do. I don't like being controlled by other people. So even though traditional publishing is good in the sense that they do all your marketing for you, I felt like I was driven enough to do my marketing myself. And I feel like I just wouldn't like the kind of control and changes that a, a traditionally published company would um, try to do. I wanted to kind of have complete creative control over that so that's why I did end up decide to do self-publishing in the end 
Okay, I totally get that. Um, we also appreciate that kind of control over our own schedules. And, and even in some traditional publishing, you're still expected to do quite a bit of the marketing, so why not just do all of it and get reap all the rewards and control the process? Totally get that. Yeah, definitely. I um, I have encountered draft to digital on social media. How did you find them, and what made you choose that route? Well, I was um, looking. I was obviously just researching, like how do you get your eBooks out there? Because that was the thing I started with eBooks, and I was just researching. And I just don't have a lot of money. I just don't. So a lot of the places were like, "Oh, we'll market and do your eBook if you pay us hundreds of dollars." I'm like. No, I can't do that. And draft to digital was free, and I just really liked how it's just one ISBN, one file, everything. It formats it for you and publishes it to all the major ebook sites. Like, and all of that is free, and I just really appreciated that. Um, and I, I, you know, after looking through the different things, I'm like, I don't know, this one's free and it does so much. Like it makes the ebooks really nicely formatted for you. It inserts like a little link to your um, author mail list and links to your other books it just does so much and honestly I I can't believe it's free because it's so convenient and I've used it once and huh. I just continue using it because it's great do they do they take part of the um, royalty they take a little bit but honestly not as much as you would think they're pretty pretty cheap like i'm i'm again like i said i'm really shocked that these this whole service is free and that it's it's really nice okay that's really interesting um yeah thank you for sharing that information and i'm sure it'll help other listeners who are hoping to publish as well Uh, i know that formatting for us sometimes has been a challenge um sometimes it can be straightforward but then occasionally kendall can kind of put up a little bit of a fight yes i've actually had l- fewer struggles with kindles than things like ingram spark mm-hmm. but it was half impossible but <laughs> well let's talk more about you juliet and your characters and your writing process so why don't you just tell us about your characters what inspires your characters how do you make them or more accurately what inspires you creating them as you create your characters honestly i feel like each character is kind of created individually i don't have like a set exact process but i usually just um before just inserting a character i usually try just writing scenes you know writing scenes and scenarios that are never going to be in the story itself to kind of get to know them like i might have a basic idea of a kind of character or personality type in my head and then i'll just write out scenes and interactions to flesh them out before I ever start writing the real um, story with them in it. I love that idea. Yeah, I, I think I think it's been it's been really helpful. I just um, just test it out in all kinds of scenarios that they would never encounter in the book just to you know really get a feel for how they would react in their personality to, d- to different things and I feel like I can then get to know them on a um, deeper level. Um, and I, I'm inspired by a, um, a lot of things. I can be inspired by real life people or types of characters that I like in fiction and kind of base them off that. But um, usually my characters go through a lot of um, changes in development when I start um, 
but yeah, that that's basically my main process is writing out a lot of different scenarios with these characters before ever putting them in the story. That's interesting. It brings like a whole new level to write yourself in. Mm-hmm. We write ourselves into scenes sometimes, uh, start before we actually want the scene to start so that we can get an idea for how we we want it to go. But I think that's a really useful tool is to write those extra scenes with characters. No, I love that idea. Like I can imagine like Inyo orders a pizza and it arrives and it has the wrong toppings. Oh my God. Oh catastrophic <laughs> right so like versus how would alphonse versus how would etienne respond to the wrong topping pizza like yeah. just that for some reason maybe i'm hungry <laughs> that situation popped into my head and i was like that is brilliant yes that's a really cool idea i love that oh that's um, hilarious <laughs> um so Liv had told me a little bit about your books. She didn't spoil anything so that I get to, I get to read them next. Um, but and you can correct me if I'm I'm wrong about this, Juliet. But you write fairly diverse and inclusive worlds and characters, right? Like queer and and well, multiple species and stuff like that. Yeah, I I try to um, make them pretty diverse and inclusive. So why, is that just natural for you, or do you think about that? Why is it important for you to have inclusive or diverse casts? Well, obviously some of it is natural. Like, when it, when it comes to queer characters, um, you know, I'm queer, and so it's kind of natural that I would just write, write that into um, my books. But when it comes to other things, I just think it's really important for people to um, make the effort to write diverse casts and um obviously that doesn't mean like telling other people's stories i don't think that like you know people should like write marginalized people's stories and have it center around their marginalization but i think adding in like characters with other qualities that are not often represented in fiction is really important for all writers because i mean we're not really reflecting the true diversity of society or people if we're not including different kinds of people and I think it's, you know, the, what we see in the media, it has a very big impact on um, on the world. And if we're just constantly seeing the same kind of people with the same kind of traits reflected over and over, um, and that includes, um, you know, like intersecting identities, like, you know, like with queer characters, if they're only like white cis people over and over, then that's kind of the cultural conception. And so I think it's really important for people to include um, d- diverse groups of people in their books. That's true for us as well. It's one of our big motivating, or I don't know if we call it a motivating factor, but sort of a pillar of our brand, something that we want readers to trust that they can find with us. Yeah, definitely. We've had feedback from beta readers that has been really impactful for me, particularly we've had one beta reader say that they wish that they had gotten to read Shepherd of Souls when they were younger because how the things that Etienne was going through in that story, it was, they didn't have to read themselves, they didn't have to make a fantasy. They could relate to Etienne immediately um, because of how he was and um, and all of the things that he brings to the to the table. And I thought... I just, for me, that harkened back to when I was young 
and reading stories with female characters that I actually thought were good and I liked them. They weren't just kind of silly. And uh, that was really, really important for me. And so I was really happy to hear a beta reader saying that that Etienne provided that for them. I, I want someone to be able to, anybody to be able to read this book and and not struggle to find something, a piece of themselves. Yes. I also like what you have to say about the difference between including diverse characters into your narrative and making, um, writing a book about a marginalized character's place in society, like their marginalization, I think you said. Um, I think that there's a, quite a bit of stigma, probably rightfully so, about white cis people writing books that center around the struggles of people different from them. Like, we definitely do want to lift up writers from those marginalized communities, but that doesn't mean that people who aren't a part of them shouldn't write diverse stories. No, I agree. I think there's, um, I don't know, my kind of thing is like, include diverse characters, but if it's like, you know, for example, like I'm white and it's like, I, I, I don't think it's really a white person's place to be like, let's write a story about Black Lives Matter and things. It's like, I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of black authors that could do much better than that. But when it comes to like including racially diverse characters, I feel like that's very important to do. Yeah, definitely. And um, again, I've, I've said this, but like, I haven't gotten to read your books, but it sounds like your world is diverse in a very science fiction-y way, which is, I think, really cool because you have more opportunities in some ways. Like, you're not limited by Earth. Yes. <laughs> which maybe that's kind of a funny thing to say. No, I agree. Um, I notice in science fiction, honestly, also being autistic, I notice science fiction is, like, kind of one of the genres that's the best representations of autistic people. The sad thing is they're not autistic they're aliens or robots but but that's like where I find myself like in science fiction I'm like oh that robot that takes everything literally and doesn't understand facial expressions that's me so um it's interesting so in one way yeah we can like explore diversity in other areas of science fiction but sometimes they really end up kind of looking just like autistic people oh my gosh I you know what? Like, I find that really relatable. Um, so much so, Juliet. I'm really glad you said that. I, I definitely, I love science fiction for kind of that reason is a lot of times I feel like I can relate to, um, like, the alien or the robot or, well, a lot of times I feel like I can relate to the villains more often than not. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the really cool thing about science fiction specifically is, like, it we're moving past our our, our our human bounds, you know, we're There's not... human societal norms. Yeah. And in ways that can be freeing for some people within human society. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's really cool. That's a good point, Juliet. Yeah, like you can explore whole different um, societies and cultures based around something other... Um, you know, and like with if you make up like an, an alien species, they can have like customs or ways of sensing the world that are completely different. And I just find that really fascinating to um, to read about and and to write about. 
I don't know if you're familiar, Ursula K. Le Guin's The Left, the left Hand of Darkness. Yes, I love Ursula K. Le Guin, and I, I love The Left Hand of Darkness. Yes, it's really interesting because most of the characters are asexual most of the time, so that's a good, that's, I think, a really good example of that exploration of parts of humanity that might be go unseen by a lot of humans. Mm. Yes, I do love that um, book, and I loved reading it. Um, I think it was really fascinating, too, that she created this whole society of, like, agender and asexuality, except for when they go through their cycles. I was disappointed that when it was like, okay, they don't have a gender, let's just use he, him for everybody. That was kind of disappointing, but um, yes. overall, I really like the book. Yes. I think that might have been partly a product of the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. When was this book published, you know? I'm, I'll have to double check for you on that. I don't want to give inaccurate information. Yes. I hear you. Well, that's really great, Julia. And so let's talk about like your actual writing process. Uh, you know, um, this podcast is for people who hopefully are hoping to publish or just write stories in general, but maybe haven't started that yet. And so We've done some topics about how we write, but, you know, you're another indie author, so I'd love to hear, or we would love to hear, about your writing process. Like, are you organized or freeform? Do you plot an outline, or are you more go with the flow? What does the actual putting words to paper process look for you, look like for you? Um, for me, I know a lot of authors really are like hardcore outliners and planners and plan out everything beforehand. I do that to some degree, but honestly, I am more of a, you know, the plotter pantser thing. I feel like I lean more to pantser. Um, I usually have an idea of where I want the story to end up, and so I will write like a, a, a little outline about like key things I want to include happen where I want the story to go but within that outline I like to allow myself a lot of you know freedom so I don't immediately go scene by scene everything that's going to happen or if I do I end up changing that I usually start with that that guideline and then just kind of start writing especially at the very beginning in the first draft stage I just kind of just write and see where where the story goes with that idea of where I'll end up and then Usually when I'm doing that first draft, it starts to, I start to think, okay, this is working, this isn't working, and then I start making notes, and I'm like, I don't think this, where this direction is good, um, or heading where I want it to go, and then once I have that first draft complete, I have a much better idea of what has worked and what really I want to happen, and then I make a much more um, strict outline for my later drafts, and like really are like, okay, this this is what's going to happen. And then I have that once I've allowed myself to um, explore different directions for the story to go. For people who might not be familiar with the vernacular, Juliet, do you mind uh, defining pantser um, for them? Yeah, it's basically a plotter versus pantser thing. A plotter is somebody who really outlines step by step like what scenes are going to happen and everything. And a pantser is somebody who, at least at the start, just kind of starts writing and see where it takes them more spontaneous and some people identify as planters it's a mix and honestly that probably applies most to me okay that started with NaNoWriMo I think right National Novel Writing Month and they have like little badges you put pantser or planner they do they do it's <laughs> like are you gonna start out 
writing the 50,000 word novel with an outline or are you just going to start writing the second it hits November 1st? Yes. So pantser as in flying by the seat of your pants. Okay. I was thinking it had to do with pants. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know that. I would want to be identified as a pantser, as wouldn't that be someone who... <laughs> no, it's like flying by the seat of your pants. That makes more sense than what I was thinking. Yeah, What I was thinking more. did not make any sense. It's <laughs> really <been>. confusing. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. May or may not keep that tidbit. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. What tools do you use? Like, where do you write? How do you get your editing done? Um, what are some tools that you use to get your, your writing process handled, Juliet? Um, unfortunately, since I don't have a lot of money, I am pretty low budget. I hope um, later on I'll be able to afford more fancy editing services and things. I usually write in very basic word processor software. Um, what's best for me, I just... I. Um, I keep everything in a Google Doc or a Word, um, usually both because I'm paranoid about losing my things, my drafts. But um, yeah, I just write in one of those really basic word processors. I pay, I pay for Word because that's like essential for um, formatting. And then when it comes to editing, um, I use um, some basic online editing um, like Grammarly just to check and then and, and proofread a whole bunch beforehand. And then I, I usually find editors and beta readers on Fiverr because um, Fiverr has been good for me just because it's a lot of people that are just starting out because I can't afford like a whole professional editor. These are people who will do it for like $100 um, to $200 only because they're wanting to gain experience and it's kind of like a trade-off like them helping me me helping them with their experience and so that's um, usually where I have to go people just starting out and not in professional editing in order to afford that and then with beta readers luckily I've found a ton of people who are happy to beta read for um, free honestly so um, I've just been really lucky in that respect yeah where do you find your beta readers how do you get them I at at the start I did have to um, you know pay people, but now um, I have readers who are willing to do it. Um, I have a lot of people who are like, yes, I will beta read your next book. So, like fans, fans, yeah, fans, and they will do it. So I'm like, okay, sure. Do you ever advertise like on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that to get people uh, in the door if they're interested? Yes, I do. When it's coming time to start um a new you know I'm a book is going to need beta readers I will start sending that out on social media and being like I need beta readers who's up for that you know I will I will advertise that and I usually get a, a decent number of responses cool that's pretty similar to our method mm-hmm. a mixture of social media and people who've enjoyed our books and yeah we've not utilized Fiverr yet we're kind of late to the Fiverr game I think yeah that's definitely something to take a look in, though. So thanks you for that tip. Yeah, good tip, Juliet. All right. Well, then, do you have any other questions besides our last one? Liv, have you thought of any extra ones? I'm, I think I'm good. All right. Then our very last question is, do you have any advice for other indie authors? Um, if they're out there, if they haven't published yet, if they've published their first one and it's not going the way they thought it would, if they haven't even written the book yet do you have any advice for those those hopefuls out there Juliet? 
Yeah, I think the key advice is um, you're not going when when you start out publishing, you're not going to hit like wow, you're so popular and and making a bunch. Writing is not easy, um, and I would just encourage them if if it's something they really love to keep going. Like, and that really applies to all stages. Like, if they haven't even finished their book, a lot of people don't finish their book because they're like, oh, this isn't that great. This is it's not it's not going well I don't think anyone will like this and then they just kind of give up and you know in that stage like keep going if you if it's something and you enjoy doing keep going and finish that draft even if it's not a book you end up publishing you're learning valuable writing experience and then later on in the stages if you get you know discouraged when you publish and it's like I'm hardly making any money I don't have any fans you know everyone starts out that way and it can be really discouraging but if writing is truly something that you love and are passionate for you need to keep going and keep writing even if it's just for yourself and um, that's how you end up getting um, uh, uh, getting better getting more fans is you keep going and sometimes unfortunately that can take many years but really you, you've got to persevere through it if you want to um, be a writer yeah I think perseverance is a really key factor. I completely agree. And I like that that thought process of like just finishing the book whether or not it's something that you're going to publish is good practice. Yes. Done is better than perfect. You can always get closer to perfect next time. Yeah. That's a really I like that a lot. So with that being said, I think that kind of completes our interview. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us, Juliet. We really are looking forward to, to getting these interviews out there. And I think that it'll bring a lot to the podcast and to the listeners so that, you know, it's not just our ideas. They're hearing other people who have had this experience and have gained knowledge. I mean, I learned at least two things tonight that I hadn't heard about before. Um, So it's like, it's good for me. It's good for Liv. It's good for the listeners. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Plus it's just nice to get to talk to a friend that we've met over the internet, another um, indie author uh, publishing friend. I appreciate being in, invited on. I was really excited when you DM me and were like, "Want to be on the podcast?" I, I really appreciate. Um, I appreciate that. I'm not like a big indie author, so it's actually really cool that I got this opportunity to be on a podcast. Hey, we're just glad to have you, and you've already had some really great tips. So with that, we'll go ahead and 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 sign off for our our podcast. Uh, so again, if, if you like what you've heard here or, or you want to know more information, you can always follow us on Instagram at LS Fables here on Spotify, or you can join our newsletter at lsfables.com. And uh, if you want to have access to Juliet's books, um, they're all over for ebook, but specifically paperback, they are on Kindle. And so that you can find all that just looking up Juliet Dunn.